Hey guys, it's the Sports Kid here, and if you missed out on my episode on Monday on the Giants, please be sure to go and listen to that whenever you get a chance. It's a five-minute update. But if you missed out on that, you do not know yet, unless you're looking at my name right now, that I've changed my name to the Sports Kid here on Spotify or wherever you are listening to this podcast. So I just wanted to let that know. Moving forward, I will be the Sports Kid. And, of course, this is Thursday. Weekly Prediction Thursday, and we are here in Week 8. And as my first NFL Predictions video as the Sports Kid, we're going to unfortunately have to go over last week, which was a rough one for me, for all the betters, and for anyone else who just does predictions for fun. Because, I mean, I do my predictions for fun here. I also do, am in a pick em, but it's not like I'm betting on my picks. But if I was, I would not have made money. But I lost money. I went 4-9 and nine last week. Uh, roll the crickets. I mean, th- that was just probably the worst week that I've ever had since I started doing predictions. So many upsets like the Patriots over the Bills, and there was the Vikings over the 49ers, the, the uh, Broncos beating the Packers. There was a lot of crazy stuff going on. So it was unfortunate, but we're going to try and do better this week. But as is tradition top three games of last week quickly starting out at the number three spot I have the Jaguars beating the Saints they won 31 to 24 this was an entertaining game the Saints were down by a couple touchdowns came back to tie it make this a close fun game had a chance to possibly get the game to overtime in the waning minutes but Foster Moreau dropped a touchdown pass it was pretty perfect from Derek Carr he kind of just got a little nervous. The moment was too big for him, and you saw he was very upset after that game. Jags, with this win, though, do extend their winning streak to four. Second best game of last week in my book was the Bills at the Patriots. I did not pit, uh, predict this one, obviously. I don't think many people did. Patriots wound up winning 29-25. to And my takeaway from this is that the Bills could easily be under 500. I mean... You go and lose to the Patriots, who had beat nobody but my Jets. Mac Jones looking terrible, and honestly declining even week after week. And bottom line, though, is even though us Jets fans hate the Patriots, I know a lot of Jets people here listen to my podcast, this helped us out. This puts us just half a game behind Buffalo in those wildcard standings, and also, we're not far behind Miami after... They lost to the Eagles, so it was a good week for the Jets on their bye, with other teams helping them out with some losses, and the Patriots and Bill Belichick, they love beating the Bills. This one tasted a little sweeter because it helped us. Then my best game of the week was a one that got me a little bit angry. It was the Browns at the Colts. Browns won by a point, 39-38. to First of all, 38 points the Colts scored, with their backup quarterback too, which really, I think Gardner Minshew, who was a starter... And the beginning parts of his career, he deserves to be a starter somewhere. With that being said, he led this Colts team to 38 points against what people were calling the league's number one defense. What the hell happened, Browns? I mean, Jonathan Taylor had his best game of the season. Zach Moss did pretty well at the RB2 position. You had Michael Pittman Jr. go crazy for like a 75-yard touchdown. And Minshew threw for over 300 yards. The defense played just terrible on Sunday for the Browns. And the reason they won this game is because of the refs. On that last drive, where the Browns were down by uh, six points, needed a touchdown, what happened? 
what happened is exactly what's been happening. The refs changing the course of games with some bad calls. There was first that terrible uh, call that gave the Browns the ball at the 10-yard line, which was illegal contact on the Colts, ghost call. And then they called DPI. On a, it was a little bit contact there, but the bottom line is that was uncatchable. The ball hit the wall of the stands, okay? There, there is not even... Wembanyama is going to catch that football, okay? Nobody would have. It was a bad call. I'm sure the refs know it upon review. But, unfortunately, there's no sorries in football. The calls that they made is the calls that they made, and the Colts lost this game by a point. Not a great look for the refs, but it was an exciting game nonetheless. High-scoring affair. And hopefully the refs do a better job as we head into Week 8. Week 8 predictions start now, and we're starting out on Thursday Night Football where the Bucks are taking on the Buffalo Bills. And straightforward, I'm picking the Bills to win this game. They have been on a downward spiral. There's no denying that. They should have lost to the Giants. They lost to New England last week. Have a losing record in the division. They lose to the Jets and Patriots. Somehow beat the Dolphins. But this team, losers of back-to-back games now, it's not looking good. My mistake on, and not losers of back-to-back games. Should have been losers of back-to-back games, but they found a way to get the best of the Giants. Their defense uh, really has not been playing well, and actually they're going up another great defense this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Todd Bowles is their head coach, and he's been to Highmark Stadium four times. Record of 2-2, two and two, all of those with the Jets. Now in the beginning stages of his reign with the Bucks. I don't think that he's going to get win number three over there. I just don't. If they were reversing many teams, the Bills, they would lose. But the Bucks don't have an offense. Baker Mayfield is not the answer, and they just don't have any explosive players. No explosive backs. They are, I believe, a bottom two-ranked team when it comes to rushing yards. So despite the Bills' struggles, I think that they're going to get the best of Tampa Bay tonight on Thursday Night Football. So give me the Bills to win that one. Now we move along to Sunday, and we're kicking it off with my New York Jets, who are playing the New York Giants. A meeting we always look forward to in the NFL when we're lucky enough to see it. It happens uh, once every four years, unless the stars align, and it could happen every two years. But yeah, the last time they played was 2019, which the Jets won. And in 2015, Jets also won that. So the Giants' most recent win is back in 2011. It's been a good while since they've gotten the better of the Jets, and I don't see anything changing here in the pattern. I think the Jets are going to win their third straight head-to-head here. Here's why. The defense. It's a pretty straightforward answer. The defense, even though the Giants have played superb defensively the last two weeks, only allowed seven points to Washington. Against the Bills, the defense put them in a position to win the game at the end, but combination of poor coaching and... Missed opportunities there. Uh, also, the ref at the end of the game cost the Giants that game against the Bills, but they did finally get another win last week. So they're a little bit hot here. But the Jets' defense, even though they didn't play last week, coming off that win against the Eagles, that thrill is going to last for a while. Forcing four turnovers against a Super Bowl quarterback, quarterback that was on that stage last year, that is going to last for a while. So the Jets should be able to take momentum from that historic win and apply it here to this game. They also have to, particularly the pass rushers, I guess you include Quincy Williams in this mix, because 
great linebacker that also likes to pressure. They got to take advantage of this bad Giants O-line. Okay. Daniel Jones is not the quarterback we're trying to target anymore, trying to get to. It's going to be Tyrod Taylor because Jones is still out with his neck injury. Nothing has changed with that O-line. still sucks. Jets have to be aware of that, and I'm sure that's a point that's being emphasized. You know, Quinn and Williams only has one sack going into this game, kind of uncharacteristic of how he started last season. I look for him to have a field day in this one. So yeah, Saquon versus Brees, that'll also be a matchup to look forward to. Two of the better running backs in this league, and it is just going to be a fun day. Jets are lucky enough to not have this count as a home game. It's going to count as a home game for the Giants, even though the two teams regularly play in this building. It's kind of weird that the Jets will be on the road, and that the announcers, PA guys, and everything will be against them. It should be fun. Give my Jets the win to improve to over 500. After that, it's going to be the Jaguars at the Steelers. When I think of this matchup, I always race my mind back to 2017, where there was just this epic clash in the playoffs between the two, and the Jaguars stunned Roethlisberger to get the win. And I'm sure there's been some meetings of less importance in recent history, but that's a game when I was first getting into football that I always remember. Unfortunately for the Jaguars, I think it's not going to be another fantasy day for them. I have the Steelers winning this game in an upset. The Steelers are um, the underdogs by two and a half points in this game. Both teams started the season slow. Okay, The Steelers lost to teams like the Texans. They got killed on their opening game against the Niners. And it was similar for the Jaguars. They lost to the Chiefs. Uh, and they also lost another game early on in the season. I'm blanking on it right now. But they also started 1-2. and two. So since then, the Jags <clears throat> have won all four games. And since the Steelers started kind of slow, they are now up at 4-2. and two. So competitors here, it's going to be a competitive game. But I like the Steelers to win this one primarily because of the defense. TJ Watt is playing out of his freaking mind. Eight sacks, three turnovers forced, two of them are fumbles, one of them is a pick, which he did return for a touchdown against the Browns. And Jags, even though they won last week against the Saints, it was not impressive. We mentioned this in the open from the top three games of last week. They had a 14-point lead, and the defense let it go. They had to rely on this offense to put up 31 points to beat a Saints team that's kind of been icy as of late. Pretty cold. So I think the Steelers will catch the Jaguars off guard here and get a win. Then we're going to move along to a divisional matchup between the Eagles and the Commanders. Wow. The last time these two teams played, it was a lot of fun to watch. Wound up going to overtime. That's what it took for the Eagles to get that win. So I do believe that the Eagles will sweep the Commanders, get this second game of the series. Just because Sam Howell and this team are all over the place. I don't know if this is a team on the rise or a team that is too young, not ready. Because they confuse me every week. They play great against the Eagles. They win. Games are not supposed to. Like against, I don't know, the Broncos earlier on. But they just played so horribly against the Giants. A game that they really needed to win in their pursuit for the playoffs. So it's just very confusing. Sam Howell's line from last week was 249 yards, zero touchdowns, one pick. 
and only led that offense to seven points. If you're going to do that against the New York Giants, you don't have a chance in hell against the Eagles. This Eagles team is a very good football team. You know, they suffered a terrible, gut-wrenching loss to my Jets. They come out the next week and halt the league's best offense. This is a Super Bowl-caliber team that could easily return to that stage, and they're going to show the Commanders no mercy. They're going to win, and I don't think it's going to be close like it was the last time. Give me the Eagles. Then, moving right along here, the Rams at the Cowboys. In this one, I'm leaning towards Dallas. If the Rams had one player in particular, I'd th give him a chance. And that player is Kyron Williams. He emerged out of nowhere to be this fantastic speedster. When they traded Cam Akers in, what was it, week four, people, including myself, were scratching our heads because I kind of thought that they needed Cam Akers to have any sort of running game. But Kyron Williams, he had a couple good games early on. I kind of dismissed him. He is the real deal. Unfortunately, he's going to miss about a month here with an ankle injury, and that's big loss when you're going up against America's team. America's team is not only solid offensively, but in fact, it's kind of the opposite. They're led by their defense and Micah Parsons. Despite the Rams having Nakua and Cooper Cup, since those two have began playing together, it's been amazing. Since they played, here's an interesting stat, they've one of them has had at least 118 receiving yards in a game since this duo began three weeks ago. So you know that at least one of them is probably going to have quite a good day on you, but if you can hold that other one, you keep him in check, and you probably win. I know that there's no Trayvon Diggs here, but like I said, Micah Parsons, he can be a difference maker in any football game. He can single-handedly change the outcome of a game, and I think that's what he's going to do in this game. Give me the Cowboys to win and improve to 5-2. and two. Next up on the slate is a fun one. Vikings at Packers. Two teams that hate each other's guts. It's always fun to see those rivalries um, throughout the season. And this is a great one. The Vikings last week, they shocked the San Francisco 49ers. And in the process, they also concussed Brock Purdy, which we'll talk about later on the podcast. But yeah, it was a fantastic day, and they're without their workhorse JJ, Justin Jefferson. Best receiver in the league, some would argue, but other people are stepping up, particularly Jordan Addison, seven receptions, 123 yards, and two touchdowns. To do that against the Niners defense, he is the reason that they won this football game. And I point to one moment in particular, where Kevin O'Connell decides, you know, there's about a minute left here, and um, Niners are about to score, but he starts calling timeouts. They hold the Niners to three points, and they get the football back. So when they get the football back, they don't take things slowly. There is this monster pass from Kirk to the middle of the field, where it looks like it's going to be picked, and Jordan Addison rips it away from the Niners' defender, takes it to the house, Massive touchdown to give the Vikings a little bit of a cushion there going into half, and that would turn out to be big, because the Vikings offense didn't do much in the second half, and I think that's the moment that completely altered that game. I think he's going to do wonders against this Packers defense that's had some dreadful games already to start the season. It's not just him, though. There's Hawkinson, who had 11 catches for 86 yards. Brandon Powell, 
the um, wide receiver, four wrecks, 64 yards. This is a dangerous team, and they're better than the 3-4 and four record. They play in a lot of close games. It seems like every game is one possession. So they often play up to their opponent or down to their opponent. No matter how they want to do it, they are going to beat the Packers this week who have lost three straight games. Give me the Vikings. Then it's going to be the Falcons at the Titans, and I have an upset alert in this one. I like the Titans. With Tannehill being injured, the Titans are turning to Will Levis at quarterback out of Kentucky. This is what he did in his last two seasons over there with Kentucky. 24 touchdowns, 13 picks a couple seasons ago. And last season, he had 19 touchdowns and 10 interceptions. I just have a lot of confidence in the kid. I really do. Last season, the Titans had a record of 7-3. and three. Geared up for a strong playoff run. Geared up to win the easy, no-contest AFC South. And out of nowhere, the Jaguars come alive on a run to end the season. And it comes down to this final game where the Titans lose to the Jaguars. But it wasn't just that game. The Titans lost all seven of their final remaining games. And it was because Tannehill, in part, got injured. They lost all these inexplicable games, one after another. This time, they were prepared. They drafted a stud because they know that they have an injury-prone QB. And looking at the record right now of 2-4 and four here, they've still got a chance to revive this season. But it starts here with an important game against the Falcons, and I like the Titans to get this done at home. I think Vrabel is a solid coach, and I think he's doing the right thing here, uh, lining up like he's going to play Levis instead of, um, oh god, what's the guy's name? Instead of playing the quarterback, that was absolutely dreadful last season, Malik Willis is who it is. I forgot his name there for a second, but... Yeah, Levis is the easy guy to point to as your starter for this game. you got to give the guy a chance. He could turn out to be this great prodigy. Lead the Titans to great things. And what I love most of all is they have Derrick Henry, who is so easy to pound the ball with. Strong guy, very durable, and he's going to take pressure off Will. And as for the Falcons, I just do not trust Desmond Ritter. He has only two games throwing over 250 passing yards this season out of seven. I do not like those numbers. I'm going for the Titans to get the upset victory at home. Next up on the slate is an AFC East clash between the Patriots and the Miami Dolphins. Now, I think it's without saying here, I'm picking the Dolphins. The Patriots are at this point 2-0 in the division and 0-5 out of the division. They're the one team out of the four in the AFC East, of course, being the Bills, Jets, Dolphins, and themselves. They're the one of those teams that has not yet lost a divisional game. That's going to end this Sunday. Come on. The Dolphins are the best offense in the league. They lead the league in completion percentage, receiving yards, rushing yards, and rushing is still not a problem. They got Mostert. They have Tyreek Hill, who's well on pace to get the illustrious 2,000-yard season. They are dynamite. Defense could use some help. They're missing Jalen Ramsey for sure, but I think this was a one-game wonder for Mac Jones. Bill Belichick, one of the things that he did best in his career is 
He beat a lot of teams, but he did not beat anyone more than the Bills. He knows their number. He knows the way that things are run over there in Buffalo. I don't think that there's quite a recipe for this new flashy Dolphins offense. <laughs> Hasn't been around all that long. So I think that the Dolphins are just going to steamroll the Patriots. Much better offense than they showed last week against the Eagles. This is an easy one. Dolphins all day. After that, we got a game here that people disagree on. It's the Saints, it's the Colts. I see some people picking the Saints. I have no goddamn clue why. This is a great Colts team. They should be a winning team, and they should have won last week. This was my number one game of the week, not just because of its illustrious points where it had, uh, do some quick math here, 60 plus 17. That 77 points scored, it was high scoring, yeah, but the refs screwed this game up on the final drive. The Colts fans should have a beef with the refs, they absolutely should. I would be pissed off if that happened, and I kind of do get that as a Jets fan. We've had some questionable calls this season. So they were robbed. But they have a chance to make up for it, get back to 500, and I think they'll do exactly that against the struggling Saints. Like I said, the Saints offense and Derek Carr looked okay against the Jaguars. They did better. Derek Carr had some good numbers. My problem is he's throwing the ball 55 times. 5-5. That's a ridiculous amount for any quarterback to throw, especially when you have Alvin Kamara, who should be off any restrictions. It's not like he was injured. He didn't miss time because of a suspension. It's much different than an injury. He should be running the ball more. And Derek Carr, you cannot make that man pass the ball 55 times. <laughs> On top of that, the defense hasn't been all that great. They just gave up 30-plus points. And I think that the Colts are going to get this done at home. Jonathan Taylor is back. Had a great game, 75 rushing yards. We all know how good he was a couple years ago and last year. So the Colts and Gardner Minshew should get this one done. Then we are going to a matchup of the young QBs. Number one pick versus number two pick. That's, of course, Bryce Young of the Panthers and C.J. Stroud of the Texans. If you compare them right now, of course, you give the edge to C.J. Stroud. Nine touchdowns, one pick so far in his NFL career. That's near perfect. I mean, I don't know what else you could ask for in a start, especially with an undermanned team like the Texans. I mean, he's out here making Nico Collins look like a top 10 wide receiver. That deserves some praise. But you know what? I'm taking the Panthers to win this game. I probably had some of you fooled there for a second. Frank Reich is a good coach, okay? Panthers coach. He was smart enough to say, you know what? Even though the offense is looking better and Adam Thielen and Bryce Young have a good thing going on, I need to focus on being the head coach. So he's handed off the play calling after that loss to the Dolphins to Thomas Brown, the offensive coordinator, and I'm sure he's going to do a good job with it. I'm sure Frank Reich's giving him some notes of what he's seen about a third of the way through this season. And I just like them in this game. They're underdogs. They're favoring the Texans by three and a half in this one. Adam Thielen, monstrous, 509 yards, four touchdowns in six games. I just like the Panthers to get their first win and shock the world here, maybe. Maybe shock the world, because it's not going to be a shock to me. This team has slowly been getting better week after week. They led uh, 14-0 against the Dolphins before the defense screwed things up. This is a team that can be dangerous and play spoiler to some teams down the stretch. 
I, I really like the Panthers this week. Next up on the schedule is our first 4 o'clock game of Sunday, the Browns at the Seahawks. And in this one, I like Seattle. Straightforward, the Browns' defense is not what we thought it was. They gave up 38 points to the Colts. They should have given up more points to the Colts. You know why? They probably should have uh, <laughs> turned the ball over there at the end, and the Colts would have had a chance of the ball. But instead, you know, the refs do their thing. This defense, it has some good pieces. They got Miles Garrett. They got Abusu Kormo. They got um, great secondary as well. But the Seahawks are at home. I don't mess with them when they're at Lumen Field. And they're hot, too. 4-2 and two record, I mean, it's quite good. They also have Kenny Walker, who's just on a tear. He rushed for over 100 yards last week in the win against the Arizona Cardinals. And I just think the Browns are not indicative of the 4-2 and two record. They've gotten lucky in a lot of these games. And a lot of games that they won by one point, a couple points here and there. Deshaun Watson is also, I have to say, he left the game with a shoulder injury against the um, Colts last week. And it looks like P.J. Walker is going to start. Here's what the wonderful P.J. Walker has done in his uh, stint this season. 370 yards, which equates to about 120 a game. Zero touchdown passes, three interceptions. That's playing in portions of three games. He is not the answer. I don't care what happens but he is not winning this team any more football games. It's just not plausible. How in the world is he winning games with these numbers? I don't understand it. And the mind-boggling, I just don't I just don't know. I think that the confusion will finally come to an end here when the Seahawks beat the Browns this Sunday. Next up is a big matchup between two teams that entered this season with Super Bowl aspirations. It is the Bengals and the 49ers. Now, right now, the Niners are favored in this. Why? I have no clue, because Brock Purdy is concussed, people. He's not playing. I don't care what they say if they want to try and keep the Bengals off guards. Zach Taylor knows he's not playing. I know he's not playing. Even the housewives in England that don't even watch football. If you get a concussion on Wednesday, and that's announced, I mean, he got it on Monday night, and then it's announced on Wednesday, the turnaround is just not plausible for him to play, okay? It's going to be Sam Darnold. It's going to try and come to this team's rescue. This is why it was a terrible decision to trade Trey Lance and not have a true backup. Sam Darnold's not a true backup. We watched him for years here in Jets country break our hearts, play bad game, make inexplicable passes, get sacked stay in the pocket too long. He does a lot of things poorly, and I have not seen growth with the Panthers. I really didn't. Here or there, there was an okay game. He is not going to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, not when they're trending upwards. Started the season 1-3, and three, they've won back-to-back -back games, plus they had a extra week of rest. And this Niners team is banged up. It is not just Brock Purdy. McCaffrey, obviously, got off to a slow start last game. He's still dealing with an injury. Debo Samuel, is um, practiced on the side today. I don't have confidence in him playing either. This banged-up 49ers squad is also hurting on the defensive side. We saw them struggle to contain the wide receivers. Their secondary is hurting. 
the Bengals are going to get this win on the road. Then, after that, we're going to see the Chiefs at the Broncos. This game is just, just not much to say. The Chiefs are going to steamroll them. It was, for some reason, close when they played on my birthday on that Thursday night game, but I can't see the Broncos putting up a fight here. Their defense, I will give them. It's played better the last two weeks. They somehow beat the Packers. They kept the Chiefs to one touchdown. That's not easy to do. And they only scored 16 points when they played the Chiefs, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't think that the Broncos are going to do much. As for the Chiefs, you know, Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift, could there be a more perfect combination than these two crazy women that are both celebrities? And they had their handshake and everything. You know that I'm fed up with the Taylor Swift uh, mania here. I think it's too much. I have nothing against Taylor Swift. I have nothing against her music, but come on. Her and Brittany Mahomes acting like 17-year-olds in a box doing these creative handshakes. That's not what we turn on Fox to see, people. Okay? We turn on, on to see football. And the other thing I should mention, especially the Jets people will know, McCall Hartman Jr. was traded back there, and he is where he belongs, really. He matched his season total in catches and in receiving yards in one game of the Chiefs. And also, he had a beautiful return. So, the Chiefs, they know how to use him. The Jets, they knew how to keep him on a bench. So, it's clear that KC is the right place for him. The Chiefs are going to get a big victory here against the Broncos and extend their win streak to seven games on Sunday. I think that's pretty straightforward. Then we move right along to the final game of the 425 hour, and that is the Ravens at the Cardinals. The Ravens got their statement win. People doubted them. I was not one of those people. I thought that the Ravens would get it done. It's one of my four games that I picked right last week. Uh, they killed them 38-6. Lamar was brilliant, 357 passing yards, three touchdown passes. And when you go and play the Arizona Cardinals... Josh Dobbs has done some things well this season. He really has with probably the worst roster in this league. He's made them interesting, and he's made them watchable. I could at least give him that, but I think they're going to be pretty unwatchable when the Ravens get a hold of him. Mark Andrews, OBJ, Zay Flowers, Lamar. That defense that just halted one of the hottest offenses in the Lions. It's a scary team. It's going to be a scary scoreline. Give me the Ravens. Then we move right along to Sunday Night Football where the Bears take on the Chargers. Now the Chargers. If you've listened to these podcasts, you know I'm a Chargers kind of supporter. I love Justin Herbert. They're probably, if I had to pick a second favorite team, it's them. And last week against the Chiefs, they kept things close in the first half, despite Mahomes going off for over 300 passing yards. Herbert is never the issue. What it was last week was playing the wrong team, the defense selling, and Justin Herbert just not having time. Not even just time, but also just a lack of open receivers. I think in the second half, they just lost their will. They didn't score a point, and you can't blame it on Justin. I mean, um, Chargers coach there, Staley. Quite a clown himself, going for it on fourth downs, making these terrible play calls. How do you not score points in the second half, Staley? This Chiefs defense, you got you had their number in the first half. 
Are you telling me that you cannot make an in-game adjustment, that you can't do a screen pass when they're coming at you, bringing pressure, take it out to the outside? You have to see these things, Saley. Like, I don't know how you're employed if you cannot make in-game adjustments, because you had a real chance to beat the Chiefs after being down by just seven points. But you don't do anything. And I feel bad for the Chargers fan. I feel bad for superfan Marianne Doe. We saw her on the Pat McAfee show, the superfan. The Chargers are 1-0 and in their reign. I think they'll beat the Bears easily. That's not much of a game to talk about. I don't think Bajent, who did have a good debut, he's not going to come to California and win. So the Chargers will get their third one of the season, but they need big wins to make it to the playoffs. Justin Herbert cannot carry this team forever. Other people have to step up, and it starts with the coaching that I do not like. I think that Justin Herbert will overcome all that this team does to try and make him lose, and they'll beat the Bears. But man, things, even if they win this game, are not looking great for the Chargers fans. I know they have higher hopes. Then moving on to the final game of this action-packed Week 8, it's going to be the Raiders at the Lions on Monday Night Football. Fun fact real quick, this is a first MNF game in Detroit since my Jets took on the Lions back in 2018 in Week 1. That was Darnold's first ever game, and I think that was probably the last time that we saw Darnold play totally free. Without a care in the world, I think we were all sold that this guy was going to be something special. We all know how that turned out. But the point is, the Lions haven't been good in a hell of a long time. Now they got a reality check against the Ravens, but that's not to say that this is not a good team. They lost to a great team, but themselves, their offense, it is still a well-oiled machine. They are going to take care of the Raiders quite sufficiently. The Raiders, they're a team of stars. They got Devontae Adams. They got Josh Jacobs. They even have a quarterback that's been to a Super Bowl and three conference championships in the last five years. But somehow, it just doesn't work. They don't have enough in-and-out pieces to make this work. And I think that opposing defenses catch on to that. The brief two-game win streak is over for the Raiders. They had their chance last week against the fieldless Bears to go above 500, and they screw that up. If you cannot beat the Bears when they don't have Justin Fields, you don't have a chance in hell against the Lions. So the Lions, they'll get back to their winning ways to wrap up a fun week eight it's going to do it for my podcast here on Weekly Predictions. I appreciate each and every one of you for taking the time to listen to this podcast, and I wish you a great rest of your day wherever you are in this world. As always, I am the Sports Kid, and I'll catch you next time.